Good morning. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hope that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord and having a fantastic morning. As And hope that we are able to be a great addition to your morning as you are getting ready to go about doing the things that God has called you to do for His glory's sake. Uh, we got a jam-packed show for you, uh, waiting for you on today. We're going to start off with a word of prayer and then we're going to jump into our... Um, opening uh, message coming out of Luke chapter 14. Verse, uh, starting at verse number 25. Uh, feel free to drop down in the comment box below if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. May not get to all of them today, but we will certainly um, you know, try to answer any and all questions that you may have. Just remember to keep it classy down in the box so that we don't get shadow banned by TikTok. Um, and so again, we're just so grateful and so thankful for this opportunity to be able to worship with you on today um, and go ahead and get those likes up so that way the algorithm can pick this up and share this with the masses. And we certainly do appreciate you guys so, so much once again for all that you are doing and for your continued support of the True Gospel Morning Show and the True Gospel Ministry. Good morning, Lucian. It's good to see you this morning. Good to see you this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful that you give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord God, we're just so grateful that you thought it not robbery to impart your spirit upon us um, by virtue of your son Jesus Christ dying and rising again and crediting his righteousness to us. Lord God, we're grateful um, and thankful and ask that you just continue to edify the body of believers, Lord God. Upon the sound of my voice on today, Lord God, let it be none of me and all of you. Uh, Lord God, just uh, touch those who don't have a walk with you, that they may grow curious about you and grow closer to you. Strengthen us who are in your in your body, Lord God, that we may continue to be the children of God that you have called us to be and to delight ourselves in you in such a way that we glory and honor your name in everything that we say and do. Um, as you become uh, more and more our deepest treasure and our deepest delight. Lord God, we're asking for a special prayer for anyone who's going through any trials, tribulations, issues, or struggles. Lord God, remind them that you are God and that besides you there is no other. And Lord God, that you um, are in control of everything. And even if you don't come through the way that we want you to, Lord God, we still will hope and trust in you knowing that you can do it. And because you can, we will continue to depend on you regardless of the outcome of our circumstances, knowing that, again, to live is Christ and to die is gain. We're just so grateful and thankful and give your name all praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I got I to gotta plug that in. All right. So, um... Um, it's, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you're on, Lucianne, because you had asked a question yesterday, um, and it just so happened that we had um, another, that I, I had a client yesterday who asked a similar question to what you asked yesterday, and I wanted to apologize to you specifically because I feel like I kind of rushed that answer um, in light of something else that I was talking about earlier um, yesterday and I can't even remember what we were talking about yesterday at this point um I forgot I didn't even get a chance to go back and listen to the tape yesterday um but you had said something along the lines of um you know how do we stop idolizing our families so I had a client yesterday and that was exactly what her issue was like she said that she has a difficult time um you know letting go of taking care of everybody else at her own expense 
Uh, she came in knowing that she had people pleasing issues, came in knowing that she had issues with, you know, trying to make other people happy um, and just doing whatever anybody else wants to do. Never having an opinion about what she wants, never expressing her opinion about what she wants and never <clears throat> giving herself the ability to be able to think for herself um, and break away from the family and break away from whatever it is that they want to do to spend time with herself and to do for herself. And she said, I have an issue with validation. I have an issue with um, with people pleasing. I have an issue with always wanting to be right, wanting somebody just to tell me that I'm right. She said that she even selected me as her therapist because not because she wanted me to tell her what to do, but she wanted somebody just to tell her that she's right, to tell her that she's validated, tell her that she that she matters. And so I told her, you know, choosing me as your therapist might not have been the best solution in that regard because I'm not that dude. Like I'm not going. I'm not just going to sit here and validate you. Uh, the way that you think I will, like I'm going to give you the truth and whether that truth validates you or not, uh, it, it's, it's going to be on God, whether or not that actually happens. But, you know, I will at the minimum hear you out and validate your words and validate the things that you're saying. Like I hear you, uh, but I'm not going to validate you and make you feel like you're right every single time you come in this room. Like if you're wrong, I got to tell you, because if I don't, then I'm going to send you out there into a world um, and give you, with faulty information, it's not, it's not going to fly. We continue our conversation, and I tell her that sometimes, you know, we will burn the candle on both ends in an attempt to try to make other people happy, and sometimes, um, we will find ourselves, um, you know, characterizing our relationship with God in a similar way. And and she was and she showed and she primed exampled it for me like she couldn't have teed it up for me even any any um any better because she said that one of the greatest joys that she has is helping people much like helping her family members and she said that she gets such a joy doing things at the church and helping people at the church and being there for people at the church and and sharing people sharing Jesus with people at the church. And I said, you know, that's something that you may need to take a look at because you you seem to be burning your candle at both ends. And she was like, but I have to do this. It's my calling. It's my responsibility. It's what God has led me to do. It's what God has purposed me to do. And that leads me to Luke chapter 14, starting at verse number 25. Luke chapter 14, starting at verse number 25. <clears throat> Great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Who do, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish... All who see him begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down and first deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a greater way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, some people will take that and try to misinterpret it to say that that's trying to tell us that we need to hate 
our mother and our father and our sister and brother, you know, in a malicious kind of way, in a malicious kind of way. And the issue with that is that that's not what God is trying to say in those verses. But what God is trying to say is that if we have to choose between God and anything else, we got to be willing to lay it on the altar. Gotta be, gotta be willing to put it on the altar and say, you know what? I'm rocking with Jesus because Jesus is the greatest thing and the greatest treasure that I could ever have. <clears throat> um, for some of us, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about um, when we talked about how to utilize and leverage therapy for the glory of God. For some of us, like the woman that I was talking about before, we are seeking validation. For whatever reason, whether it's because we didn't get enough of it when we were growing up or because we were just hardwired and programmed to receive it um, by, you know, our achievements, accomplishments, being there for people, helping people, you know, being there for others, performing on stage, whatever it was that we got the adoration and the affection, um, however we, you know, however it came to us, we um, as the people of God have a tendency to warp our relationship with God in the same way. We tend to think that we have to impress God by our achievements and our accolades and our accomplishments. We feel like we have to help others as, you know, as as a means of trying to gain God's love, to gain God's blessings, to gain God's accolades. We think that, you know, in order to got, gain God's, you know, to, to get the gold star from God, we have to burn our candle on both ends and do for others and be the hands and feet of Jesus at all times. And so we'll, we will, you know, be there for our family members and we'll do it for the glory of God. We will, you know, go and be a part of the soup kitchens and be a part of the clothing drives and be a part of the youth ministries and, and, and be there for the children and get involved in so many different activities. But, and we're doing it for the glory of God. But insidiously, deep down within our hearts, if we really took a close examination of it, we would find that many of us are actually doing the things that we're doing because we actually want God to see us. We want God to see us. We want people to see us. We want people to think that we're doing such a great job. We want people to give us the pat on the back. We want people to tell us that we're that we're great, that we're excellent, that we're you know the kindest people on earth. We love the applause of men. We love we love to hear what we love to hear when people think that we're doing a great job. We love to hear when people think that we're so awesome. We love to hear when th people think that we are so mighty that we've done such amazing things, and as a result of that. Our tendency is to not realize that if we're not careful, that the people that are telling us these things, we're going to end up idolizing those things. And if we idolize those things, that is what will end. Uh, that is what we will end up believing is, you know, what we're doing this for. And we'll say we're doing it for the glory of God, but we're honestly doing it for the glory of self. It says in Matthew chapter, um, I believe it's in chapter six. You see the five. I think it's no, it's actually. I think it starts in chapter five. Matthew chapter five. Nope, 
I was right. Chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, some people will take that and think that that means, so I don't need to tell anybody what I'm doing when I'm helping people. And God's going to see me and he's going to give me blessings. So I'm not, I'm not helping a person to help that person. I'm helping that person to try to manipulate the hand of God so that God can see me, give me the gold star, and give me stuff. I want the validation from God. So I'm doing all this stuff so that he can be happy with me. I'm doing all this stuff so that they can, so that God can be pleased with me. I'm, 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 you know, making sure that my family has my last. So that way God can be pleased with me. I'm making sure that the people at the church, they, 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 I, I zap all of my energy, all of my time, all of my effort, all of my resources. So that way God can be pleased with me. God can be happy with me. God will give me things. God will keep his wrath away from me. Sometimes some of us will even do good deeds so that way we can balance the scale of all the bad stuff that we might have done the week prior. Thinking, if I do these good things, if I sign myself up to do these good things, if I sign myself up to make sure that my family has and that I'm doing everything for them, then God will see me, God will know me, and it'll cover what I've done wrong. In all of those instances, we, have no, we are nullifying what Christ has done on the cross for us. In all those instances, we're not looking to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith and, and recognizing that the validation that we received from the Lord was eternally secured when he died and rose again. When he got on the cross, died for us, rose again, and credited his righteousness to us. We forget that the, val the only validation that we need is from the Lord, and that that validation is not secure in us. That validation is secure in Christ. And because of that, we will sometimes warp our relationship with God to think that in order for God to love me, in order for God to keep me from hell, in order for God to bless me, in order for God to elevate me, in order for God to do all these things that I want him to do, I've got to do all this stuff. i got to make everybody else happy. i got to do to others what I would have them do to me so that God will love me, God will bless me, God will honor me. We will sometimes have such a warped view of our relationship with others that we warp our relationship with God to match the same thing. If we had people pleasing issues when it came to our parents, we will treat God the same way. If we had such a distant relationship with, with people, we will sometimes treat God the same way. 
if we had such an issue, you know, with, you know, making other people happy and sacrificing with other people, we will sometimes twist and warp our relationship with God to mean the exact same thing. And so our the nature and the character of the relationship that we have with God, we will look at our relate our vertical relationship with him in relation to in 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 with the perspective and the lens of our relationship with people. And as a result, we will twist and warp and nullify what Christ has accomplished on the cross. So how do we combat idolizing people? How do we combat idolizing family? How do we combat, you know, doing all that we're doing for other people in an attempt to manipulate the hand of God? Christ says to us, we got to look to him. We have to remember that the only validation that matters is God's. And that validation was eternally secure through Jesus. We are because of him. Not because of us. It's because of him. When Christ died and rose again and credited his righteousness to us upon repentance and belief, that is all the validation that we need. That's the maximum validation that we can receive. Just as when Christ when Christ was, was being baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon him, and God said to him, God said to everybody there, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God is saying that about us by virtue of what Christ accomplished and what he credited to us. That we are his beloved. We are his sons. We are his daughters. We are his image bearers. We are his disciples. We are his friends. That is all the ringing endorsement that you need. And all of that is eternally secure. And all of that is stamped by a Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. That is all the validation that you need. And that is the validation that you're getting from the creator of the universe. The one who created all the stuff around us. The one who, when we look out into the stars in the sky and look at the mountains and look at the, the valleys and look at the, the ocean and look at the beach and look at all these great things. When we say, what is man that you are mindful of him? That is the God that eternally endorses us, gives us the stamp of approval upon repentance and belief. Your good deeds didn't win God over. Your righteousness didn't win the favor of God. Your goodness did not win the favor of God. Our righteousness is but a filthy rag before the righteousness of God. All have sinned and come short of his glory. All have sinned and come short of his awesomeness and his might. And there's nothing that we can offer to him that will give him that will give us the stamp of approval from him. I can do this show till I'm blue in the face. Till the cows come home. But this show, in its righteousness, on its own, does not compare to the righteousness of God. I can do all I can do this show all day, every day, from now till the till the end of my life. If I try to present this show to God and say, God, let me in your kingdom based upon this show, he gonna look at me like I'm dumb. 
All the deeds that you do for your family, all the deeds that you do for your friends, God's not looking at those things and saying, yes, I approve of you. That is not how that works. Your approval comes from what Christ accomplished on the cross and credited to you. And we should be, and our, the gratitude that we have for that should have, should, should know no leap, no bound. It, it, should, it, should, it should cross leagues. We should be able to cross oceans because of the, 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 the gratitude that we have for what he accomplished for us, for what he did for us, for what he is doing in our lives. And so if we can anchor ourselves in Jesus and recognize that the validation that we're seeking from man, he is eternally given to us through him and that we have the ringing approval from him. That will help us to eat, to take our hands off and alleviate us from this from the need of having to take care of everybody else at the expense of ourselves. For God did not call us to burn the candle at both ends. He called us to a relationship, a, a dynamic between work and rest. Which brings us to the second point. We think so badly sometimes that glorifying God is about doing a specific thing. That our purpose is about doing a specific thing. Now, yes, we all have purposes. We all have specific things that God wants us to do for his glory. There's specific places, specific intellects, specific um, uh, uh, professions that God has called us into. And we're leveraging those things for the kingdom. But God did not call us to do those things so that we could earn his love. He didn't do that so we could earn his favor. He didn't do that so we could earn his rewards. Therefore, whatever it is that we're doing, we are to do all for the glory of God. So what am I saying? Sit down. Have a seat. Relax. If you are too tired to do something for the church, sit down, relax, give it to somebody else. You're not a savior. You're not a hero. Jesus is the savior. Jesus is the hero. And if you are too tired or, you know, you've been, you don't grind, you grinded your fingers to the bone all week long and you can't go, sit down. You're not disappointing God by being honest about where you're at. Some of us feel like I can't do, I got to be the one to do it. It has to be me. Christian, do you know how many people are in the body of Christ? Somebody else can do it. They might not be able to do it as well as you, but who, who, gives, a, who gives a crap? Who cares? God reminds us we can't do it all. That's why he gives us a body, a body of believers that we connect with so that we don't have to carry this on our own. If I don't go, they're not going to be able to serve in the food kitchen. Says who? That's what they got the other people there for, unless you're the only person in the food kitchen ministry. Let somebody else do it. But if I don't do it, then the kids are not going to learn anything. You don't know that. You don't know that. Somebody else can step in your shoes and do the job well. Might not, may, might do the job better than you. And that may be a pride issue. 
where nobody can do it like I can. Maybe it's not meant for everybody, for people to do it like you. Maybe you're supposed to do it like them. Maybe they can reach somebody that you're not reaching. But that's not the point. The point is, you don't have to be the one to do it. And if you incorporate a balance of work and rest, you will be an able-bodied person to be able to do a whole lot more. The pruning process is such to where sometimes we got to check where am I operating in my strength? Where am I operating in my might? Where am I operating in my intellect? In what pockets and what areas of my life am I, am I, you know, claiming Christ, but I'm really doing it in my name? Because for a lot of us, the tendency is for us to think and believe that if I don't do it, it ain't going to be done. If I don't do it, it won't be right. And God is, God is saying to us today, sit down, relax, take a breather. I got this. You think you're operating in your own might when you think that if you don't do it, it won't be done right. That's not how I roll. Sometimes, a lot of times, most of the time, all the time, my strength, God's strength, is made perfect in our weakness. And the pruning process is such to where sometimes we need to take a step back and allow God to work on us and cut some things away like pride, like validation, like, you know, wanting to be loved, wanting to be accepted by people so that we can then bear more fruit. And bearing more fruit isn't always talking about multiplying numbers and droves. Sometimes it just means that we're in a part, we have a heart's posture that can rightly discern what to do and rightly discern how to talk to people and how to help them. And it may just be that the only people you're meant to help are, is your family. But it might be that you're supposed to help your family by distancing yourself from them so that way they can do this work on their own. I had a client I was talking to yesterday and she wants so badly for her family to come to therapy. I need to, if they could just come to therapy, we just had this conversation and we're able to get some stuff off our chest and maybe we can, and I told her, I told her, all you can do is leave them to water. You can't make them drink. If they don't want this, Stop trying. Stop trying to make them come here because they don't want this. They don't want this smoke. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't want this. They don't want the help. And sometimes we can enable people to continue to leech off of us by not taking that step back and saying, you know what? You got this. That might be the lesson that both you and them need to learn through Christ. The pruning process. I need to learn how to step back and let God do his job. I need to stop trying to get in God's business. No, I don't want to see my brother or my sister struggle, but I also don't want to be an enabler either. And so sometimes you got to take that step back and say, you know what? I got to let God do his job. and It's going to hurt because I love my family. But I can't continue to be there for them and burn myself out in the process. 
You know what? It's going to suck that I can't go to the church function today. But, you know, I got to sit down. I got to breathe. I got to relax. And it, and it may hurt their feelings, but I got to do I got to do what I got to do so that I can be better for better for myself and better for my in my relationship with God. I don't want to hurt their feelings. If their feelings are hurt by you doing something that you know is what you need to do for your for your soul's sake, bump their feelings. People are going to be people. Who are you trying to please? You trying to please them or are you trying to please God? Sometimes our relationships require that we get out of God's way and allow him to do what he has to do. We have to be willing to give ourselves or give ourselves, you know, put ourselves in a position where we are no longer tethered to people. Tethered to wanting to make other people happy and think that we're doing it for the glory of God. You need to check your heart. Are you really doing it for the glory of God or are you doing it for the glory of self? Are you doing it for the glory of God or are you doing it so that you can try to open up his hand and try to manipulate him into giving you stuff? And again, I've been guilty of that. Took these scriptures and twisted them to try to figure out how to manipulate the hand of God. You know, how we'll take Malachi chapter 3 out of um, context and think that that's how we open up the windows of heaven. We pay our tithes. That's how we open up blessings. And that's not what God was talking about in Malachi chapter 3. That wasn't what he was talking about in the book of Malachi at all. But we'll twist the scriptures and attempt to try to open up the hands of God. We talk, we, we twist it. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. So let me do for others. Ted says, do, do what you do in secret so that God will bless you openly. We take the words out of context. And as a result, we'll try to open up, we'll try to manipulate the hand of God, or we do it so that we can get the praise of men. How many people are standing on stage right now? I said this yesterday to the, um, to the lady I was in therapy with. How many people are on our stages today? Singing in the worship, in the worship, worship praise teams, you know, and they claim they're doing it for the glory of God, but they love the attention. They love the adoration. They love the affection. I was listening to a, a podcast, um, I think it was last week, and they said that there are so many people that are in the worship genre of music, you know, and they're there because they couldn't cut it in the secular world. They couldn't cut it as an R&B artist. They couldn't cut it as an art, as a, um, as a pop artist. Couldn't cut it as a country artist. Couldn't cut it as a hip-hop artist. And so they rebranded and retooled themselves. They become Christian artists. But, our, but their heart's motives and their heart's posture did not change. They're still doing it for the money, still doing it for the fame, still doing it for the crowd to, to scream their names. Validation is a very insidious idol that a lot of us aren't checking for. And we got to be ever so careful that we're not putting ourselves in position where we think we're worshiping God but we're really worshiping ourselves and we're really worshiping man. And the way again to do it is to look to Jesus. Who gave us all the validation that we'll ever need. They, they say it like this. The only person whose opinion matters is God's. Do we want people to like us? Yeah. Want people to care about us? Sure. Do we need to seek you know, by talking openly about the validation that we need from others, 100%.
We need to talk about it, though. We don't need to be just doing things and hope that people will give us what we want. We need to talk about it. But at the end of the day, we are performing all of our actions for an audience of one. And we're not doing it so we can get his attention. We're doing it because we have his attention. The God of the universe sees you. The God of the universe knows you. The God of the universe cares about you. The God of the universe loves you. And it's that love in our in the spirit that resides in us that fuels us to do what we do. And fuels us to sit down. Because whether we are doing or not doing, both of those are done for the glory of God. And so we, the believers in God, have to begin be ever so careful that we're not putting ourselves in a position and putting ourselves in a place where we are doing everything, where we're doing things so that people can see us, so that people can know us, so that people can understand, so that people can see who we are. And, 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 and we got to make sure that we're not doing things just to be seen by other people. Again, our tendency is to not see how we are, you know, moving in our walk with God. Our tendency is to think we got it all together. We got to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and recognize where our idols are, where the blind spots are, so that we can bring these things before the Lord and allow Christ to do his work to break our hands so that we can let these idols go and fix those hands so that we can claim more Christ in our hearts and minds and souls. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're certainly grateful for each and every person that is on live with us today. We're hoping that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. And we're grateful for the 1,200 likes that we've gotten so far. We're thankful for every person who is commenting, every person who is liking, every person who is following and sharing. We ask and pray that um, you just continue to bless, bless this ministry um, by your viewership. If you so decide to give to this ministry, know that you're not giving it to me. No dime is coming to me. Everything's going straight to the ministry to keep up our website and to keep up our subscriptions. If you decide that you um, have missed any part of this um recording or want to listen to past episodes you can go to spotify and apple Podcasts right now hit that subscribe button and you're able to listen to every episode of the true gospel morning show from its inception to now uh we re we reload our shows every morning around 8 15 so that you can have access to them no later than 9 a.m um eastern standard time this you are watching the true gospel morning show right here with your boy eddie d we're live with you monday through friday 6 a.m to 8 a.m eastern standard time right here on tiktok live We'll be right back in just a moment.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful again for all of you who are watching on today. We're certainly grateful that you guys have, um, you know, have joined in on the podcast on today. And certainly grateful um, that you guys are allowing us this opportunity to be able to, um, you know, give you um, some spiritual truth and some spiritual nuggets on this Ooh, excuse me, on this morning. Um, there was a question that was asked on a, a previous live, and the person asked the question, why be a part of a group that uses a book to justify such atrocities? Um, and in, in, asking the, the, in asking the question, the, 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 the way that I look at it is the question is being asked the wrong way. And here's, here's my basis for it. We as people can take any good thing and twist it and, 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 justify, and justify doing whatever it is that we want to do. Anybody can take a good thing and twist it and justify whatever it is that they want to do as a result. Um, give y'all a prime example. Give y'all a prime example. You know, you have some people out there that really do believe in Thanos' manifesto when he said, if I take out half the universe, all of our resources will be spared and the, and the half that remains can thrive. Now, makes for a very great storyline in a Marvel movie, in a series of Marvel movies. The whole Infinity Saga, all 20,000 of them movies, were about one thing. Stopping Thanos from using the Infinity Stones. Because he decided that if I can find these Infinity Stones and make this wish to zap half the universe, all of the resources will be spared, they'll replenish themselves, and then we can go about prospering for the next 50,000 millennia. Makes a great storyline great storyline for a series of movies but now somebody can take that idea and now start devising a strategy on how to make it happen in reality when the point of the story isn't about Thanos the point of the story is about the heroes defending earth from Thanos Right, in order for there to be a good guy, there's got to be a bad guy. Thanos is trying to destroy it. So the whole point of the movie, you notice, they never called it Thanos. They called it the Avengers. <laughs> they called it the heroes. They're the point of the story. But again, someone can extract, can extract Thanos' theory and try to figure out a way to make that thing happen. Even this Bible can be used, weaponized, in an attempt to make people do things that they ought not do. Listening to um, The Basement with Tim Ross. If y'all haven't heard that podcast yet, go listen to that podcast. promise you it's going to change your life. One of the episodes he was talking about, he was doing marriage counseling. And the, the husband wanted multiple wives. And his justification for having multiple wives was Solomon. 
Well, you know, Solomon had 700 wives or 300 wives and 700 concubines. 700 wives and 300 concubines. I mean, so I think that all to have at least two wives, you know, I think I think it'll work. And the woman's just mortified. She's like devastated. She's like, this is what I keep having to deal with. This is what I keep having to deal with. He keeps saying that, you know, we're supposed to, I don't want another person in this relationship. I just want him, but he wants me and somebody else and all this other kind of stuff. And that, he keeps bringing the word to me. I'm like, dude, that's that's not what that word means. But he's so convinced. Because Solomon had 700 wives and 300, 300 concubines. As if Solomon is the point of the text. Is the point of the story that we our lives should be patterned after Solomon? The, um, the guy, um, Tim Ross, he said he said to the couple, said to the man, "Okay, you, you want you want another wife? All right. So let me ask you this: Jesus is the groom, and the church is his bride, right?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 absolutely." Tim Ross asked him. Who was Jesus' mistress? If we are to pattern ourselves like Jesus, and Jesus has one wife, the church, who is Jesus' mistress? Man couldn't say nothing. The point of the text is Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation. But what people will do. Is they will weaponize. Different parts of scripture. To then denigrate. Hurt. Do harm. To people. Both Christian and non. We've seen it happen all throughout history. Some of us have experienced it in churches. Where people will use scripture. To justify treating people like crap. You ever, I've ever watched the move, the movie Jump, the Jump in the Broom? The woman, I prayed on it. So God told you to do this, destroy a family. That's what He told you to do. Oh, okay. Using the text to justify hurting people. It happens all the time. That that is something that's been happening since the beginning. Even even um come through Peter. Come through Peter. Peter said it himself in his second letter. Starting at verse number 17, talking about false prophets and false teachers. These are waterless springs. These, the people, their hearts are the, um, false prophets. These are waterless springs and mist driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping um, from barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. 
for whatever overcomes a person to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to have never known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true, what the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to his own vomit. And the sow, after washing herself, returns to the wallow and the mire. These people, they weaponize, weaponize Christ for their own desires, for their own passions, for their own lusts. I tell people all the time, you know, people often say, and I know somebody going to jump in this live at some point and start mentioning this. I pray they don't, but I, it's, it always happens. You know, how can we justify, you know, worshiping Jesus when the slave masters used the Bible to enslave slaves here in America? And I tell people all the time, they didn't teach us Jesus. That's the, that's the point. They weaponized the Bible to justify keeping people enslaved. When you and I both know Jesus is all about some freedom. He's all about freedom. And so again, you know, they weaponized Christianity. They weaponized Jesus in an attempt to to undermine and to manipulate people for their own gain. And again, we see it happening in our churches now. Where people are forcing people, you know, if you wanna, if you wanna be, if you wanna do this in the church, you need to be a member, or if you really love Jesus, you give him your money, or if you really love the Lord, you'll come and you'll come to my conferences and spend all this money to come to my conferences. If you really love the Lord, I'm not knocking anybody for running a conference. I'm not knocking anybody for having membership rules and rights. Just need to be honest with people about what you're doing. Don't 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 wrap it up in the in the Jesus speak. Tell people the truth. I'm, I'm I'm putting this conference on, and you know I really want you to um, you know to uh you know to sp to sponsor it by you know by giving you know your donations or things like that, or we're we're charging this you know a hundred dollars or whatever. You know, just be honest. Tell the people, listen, the building needs to be paid for. We got to pay for these lights. We got to pay for the for the mortgage, all this kind of stuff. So we need you to give so that we can pay this mortgage. Just be honest with the people. You ain't got to say, if you give to the, you're giving to the Lord. No, no. All this stuff belong to God. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to God. We can't give God what's his. We can steward it well, but we can't give it to him. Like, seriously. Like, just be honest with the people. So I'm saying that to say, because I'm about to go off on a tangent. I'm saying that to say, yes, people have used this Bible to hurt. 100%. Just like people will use my therapy, the therapy books to hurt people. People will use movies and TV shows to hurt people. People use books of old to hurt people. All the time. All the time. Like, let's call a spade a spade. It, it happens. We are some sinful people. 
broken people doing broken things to broken people, which is why we need a savior to redeem us of our brokenness and to show us the way of truth. Show us that he is the way, the truth and the life so that we can at least be guarded from the people that are trying to do harm and speak out against it when we see it. To say that ain't right. When we see it. So how can I follow, you know, or be a part of a group that uses a book to justify things? Just like I could be a part of any other group that uses, that can, that some people will use those things for bad means. Listen, I say this all the time. The Black Lives Matter movement, in principle, was a good thing. But you had some bad apples who twisted the Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement in such a way to where it became insidious in some areas, extremist in some areas. Same thing happens in every other place. If you t if you talk to some um some some Muslims and some um, some those who um who follow Islam, they will tell you the extremist stuff that they, that they see, you know, both foreign and domestic. That's not how. That's not what they. That's not what they're taught. That's not what they practice. They ripped some of the script, some of their scriptures, and twisted them to justify what they do. The Crusades, twisting scripture. The um the the the, the imperialism here in America, eminent domain. That was twisting scripture. Talking about this is oh not not eminent domain. Um, manifest destiny. They twisted scripture. To justify moving the Indian, forcing the Indians out of their land, forcing the Native Americans out of their land. They use scripture to do that. Talking about it's our destiny. No, it ain't. You a bunch of conquering thieves. But they use scripture to justify what they want to do and then go to church Sunday morning like this is the will of the Lord. Now, everything happens the way that it happens as God designs. Well, again, it is what it is. But God did not, God didn't, God don't endorse none of that. And anybody that tells you otherwise, they lying to themselves. Because our scripture is true. So, no, I don't worship a God who justifies this but I need the Bible to understand who God is that's the, the point of this one of the points of the scripture is to show us the character and the nature of God from Genesis to Revelation so that I can understand who I am in light of him and I can delight in him know what he knows love what he loves hate what he hates and be be you know, directed and guided and led by him, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a manual. It, it's, it's, it's a manual. It's a love letter. It's a history book. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a guide map. It's a road map. It's, it's all of those things. But we, as the people of God, have to be careful. Girl, gotcha. Not facts. But we have to be careful 
that we're not using these scriptures as weapons to hurt people. Prime example. Honor thy mother and thy father that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord God gives you. How many of our bad parents have justified being bad parents by saying, well, Bible says you're supposed to honor me. So honor me. God didn't tell you to tell us to honor you while you treating us like crap. Plus, it also says in that same scripture, same scriptures, don't provoke your children to wrath. No, you missed that part. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. This is right. Parents, don't provoke your children to wrath. So you conveniently leave out the part that you that's your responsibility, but you want me to honor you. And so again, we the we the people of God, we have to be ever so careful that we're not putting ourselves in a place <clears throat> where we gotta be careful that we're not weaponizing scripture. We're not weaponizing scripture so that to justify the way that we want to live and the things that we want to do. If we're going to follow Christ, we got to follow him 100%. If we're going fo to follow God, we got to follow him 100%. If we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, we got to follow the Holy Spirit 100%. Love what he loves, hate what he hates. Know him, love him, delight in him. I tell y'all this story all the time. I'm going to tell it one more time. I had a man who, you know, was like so justified in wanting to divorce his wife. It's like, God told me I got to implode my entire family so I can go do what I want to do for him. It's for him. It's for him. He's got me on a breakthrough journey. Where is, make that make sense in scripture. Aren't we supposed to be the picture of the church? And I'd be different if I was out here, you know, sleeping around on you. But ain't nobody doing that. So where you going? This is not a God. It might be a you. So again, we got to be careful. That we're not weaponizing these scriptures and weaponizing these texts as a means to justify how we want to live. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 1,500 likes that we've gotten so far. Thankful for the comments. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the shares. Um, we thank you once again for just giving us this opportunity to be able to worship with you guys today. Again, if you have missed any part of this recording, uh, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which I believe is the same thing as iTunes, um, and listen to any part of this message that you may have missed. Just look up the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and you'll be able to upload any and all of our past episodes from the beginning up to now. Um, 
And we're just again so grateful and thankful for each and every one of you for giving us this opportunity to be able to spend a little bit of time out of your morning with us right here on TikTok Live. We'll be right back in just a few moments. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. Uh, we're certainly grateful for everyone who has been following us thus far on this morning and grateful that you guys give us this opportunity to be able to um, to worship with you all on today. Um, got your girl real quickly. You had said that you didn't know that that was, um, that, that the, said you legit didn't remember that part. I'm going to read it for you real quick before moving on to our next topic for this morning. Out of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. King James Version says, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So again, there you see, there's a dual responsibility. Children, obey your parents and honor them. Parents, don't provoke your children to wrath. There's the marriage. There's the relationship right there. So again, it's, it's easy to say, honor me. I'm the parents. Honor me. But kids, we can, we can call out our parents. But like, don't provoke us to wrath, though. Don't provoke us to wrath. And so that's a whole other conversation that we can have about it on a whole other day. Um... <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, um, one of the questions that Michigan man yes, uh, asked yesterday, and I wanted to expand on today, he asked the question, would we have shouted, crucify him? 
taking us back to, you know, the days when Jesus was, you know, on trial, getting ready to go to the cross, and they had the people up there, and they were saying, and, and, and you know, they were like, you know, you, you, who you want? You want Jesus or you want, um, you want Barabbas? And they were like, take Jesus to the cross. We'll give us Barabbas. Take Jesus to the cross. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. And the answer, so the answer to that question is, and there's two parts to it. The first part, it all depends on what's whose side you were on at the time. Whether you were on the Lord's side or whether you were not on the Lord's side. If Jesus would have been around, if we'd have been around in Jesus' time, would we have been like the Pharisees and the Sadducees where we think we got it all together and, you know, we see Jesus and he don't look nothing like what the scripture said he was going to look like coming on a white horse and all that kind of stuff and coming with fury, the, the fury of the gods. Like, you know, we, we, we he, didn't, he didn't show up that way. I thought he was going to be a king, going to overthrow Rome. This ain't him. Or would we have been one of his disciples who was following him, you know, and been rocking with him the whole time. And when we see this thing happening, we're sad as crap, but we're following him up to his death. It would all would have been dependent upon whose side we would have been on at the time. Whether or not we would have cried crucify him or not. Keeping in mind that as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Jesus had to get to the cross. So people yelling out crucify him had to happen. It was going to happen. Like you could you could not as he was not going to escape that fate. For it says in verse number eight, none of the rulers of this age understood this, this being Jesus and who he really is. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So had they known who Jesus really was at the time, they would have never sent him to the cross. Their blinders were on by the permissive will of God to get Jesus to the cross. Which helps us to further understand that yeah, he had to go to the cross. But that doesn't mean that once he got up out that grave, that the Pharisees had to remain Pharisees. That the Sadducees had to remain Sadducees. Once Jesus got up out that grave, and once he, you know, imbued his Holy Spirit after he ascended and imbued his Holy Spirit upon the, upon the disciples, and they began preaching and teaching the word of God, the Pharisees did not have to remain Pharisees. They could have changed. They could have turned from their wickedness. Again, talk about Judas the other day. Judas didn't go to hell because he betrayed Jesus. Judas is doomed to hell because he didn't repent and believe. It's that simple. He didn't repent. He didn't believe. That's why he's going to hell. It ain't got nothing to do with betraying him. And how do we know this? Peter denied him. Three times. The other disciples abandoned him. You ain't seen none of his boys. Them 12, gone. You see none of them. Them jokers scattered. Peter over there boo-hoo crying. I betrayed Jesus. I denied him three times. Yeah, you did. And Jesus told you you were going to do that. Oh, I'd never betray you. 
<laughs> okay. Three times before the cock crows, you would betray me. You would deny me. You would deny me three times. And yet, look at who Jesus told to feed the sheep, feed the lambs, feed the sheep. Peter, who was the one who preached the first post um, Holy Spirit sermon? Peter. So again, it's not our works that gets us into the kingdom. It's repentance and belief that gets us into the kingdom. We have betrayed Jesus too. In our outright rebellion against God. Let's call a spade a spade. We knew what we were doing. Stepping over the cross to do what we wanted to do. We betrayed Jesus too. We've denied him plenty of times. We might as well have put the nails in his hands. Put the nails in his feet. Because of our outright rebellion against God. And yet... While we were sinners, while we were enemies, while we were weak, Christ died on the cross. So would we have cried, crucify him? Eh, perhaps. Maybe we would have. Maybe we wouldn't have. Maybe we would have. Maybe we wouldn't have. But at the end of the day, that's God's work. At the end of the day. God had to go to the cross. Christ had to go to the cross. So somebody had to do it. Somebody had to deny him. Somebody had to, to yell crucify him. The question isn't whether or not you would have yelled crucify him. The question is when he got about that grave. Would you have said yes to him then? Blessed are you, Thomas, that you see and believe. But blessed are those who have not yet seen and still believe. Who have not seen and yet believe. Would you have believed in Jesus after he got up? Somebody had to betray him. Somebody had to deny him. Whether or not we would have been a part of that number is of secondary importance compared to now that you know who he is, what are you going to do? That's why I don't get on unbelievers when it comes to their lack of faith in God because I'm not expecting them to know anything about Jesus. I'm not expecting them to love him. They're not in relationship with him. So why would I expect them to love him? They don't know him. Why would I expect them to have a relationship with him? Why y'all hear me say all the time, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. Guillermo Marias, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. You know? But at the end of the day, can't make people love God. We can only hope that he takes out the heart of stone and puts in a heart of flesh. So that we can love him, honor him, and, and, and delight in him. But we love God. After he rose from the dead. That's what matters more. 
matters not how he got to the cross and whether or not we would have been a part of that number that threw him up there. The question is, after he came back, would we have believed in him then? Or would we have been trying to look for him, seize him again, put him back on the cross a second time and make sure he did, did? See what I'm saying? So, yeah. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. I see that somebody said, um, why isn't your God doing anything to stop the war in Palestine and Israel? If it wasn't for religion, those people wouldn't have died. Those people have been fighting over religion for centuries, yet y'all keep the violence going. Um, I'm not one to get in God's business. That goes above my pay grade. I don't know why God is doing what he's doing over there. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. And there's no prophetic word in here that's going to tell us, well, according to Isaiah, you know, these things must happen. I'm, I'm not getting in God's business. I don't, I don't know why what's going on over there is going on over there. I don't. But I do know that God has all things in his hands and everything is happening under his permissive will and under his orchestration. So I don't know what he's doing over there and what it's going to mean for his people. I don't. All I know is that I serve a God who told us that these things must happen. These, some things like these must happen. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse number 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. So Jesus himself said, these things are going to happen, man. So don't be alarmed or surprised. And don't get into the blame game. If your God was so great, he'd stop this. He told us these things are supposed to happen. These things are supposed to happen. So all we can do is just thank God that we're on the, we're on the right side of things. And as we watch what's happening, we pray. We pray for relief. We pray for reprieve. We pray that they get it together. But you know how people are when they get territorial. They, if you, you want God to solve it, all they got to do is show love. By this they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. God, God already gave them the formula. Love one another. We want God to show up in such miraculous ways and stop things from happening. God's like, the miracle is already in you if you believe in me. Just do what I told you to do. Love one another. Oh my gosh. That's a big mystery. 
It's all, all you got to do is do what I told you to do. Love one another. Love. Love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. On this hang all the commandments. If you just do those two. All a lot of stuff would not be happening right now. God already gave them the formula. The problem is we don't want the formula. We want. Oh my gosh. We're sitting in. We're, we're, we're in drowning water. God save me. God save me. Throws a throws a um a a um a, 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 um, a life vest so you can float on top of the water and swim to shore. Oh no no no! Save me! Save me! Throws a little you know lifesaver down there so that way you can you can float on the lifesaver and, and and swim back to safety. No 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 no! God save me! Go and get a kayak. You know, and we're going to we, we get in the boat and you're going to row back to safety. No, 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 no. God, save me, save me. Sends a dog on tugboat with 50 people on the tugboat. Hey, come on, let's get, let's go. No, 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 no. God, save me, God, save me. Brings a dog on battleship. No, 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 God, save me. And no matter what we give, no, no, no matter what God gives us, we are never satisfied. Some of us anyway. The formula could not be more clear, and it could not be simpler. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On these two. And the thing is, for us as believers, we love because God first loved us. So he empowers us to do this. We ain't got to do it on our own. We do it through him. Because of the finished work on the cross and what he accomplished for us, we he credits that to us, gives us that heart, takes out the home, oh my gosh, takes out the heart of stone. Y'all hear me say this all the time and replaces it with a heart of flesh. Ezekiel chapter 36 pours his spirit into us. We're not doing this on our own. He gives us the power to do this. And yet, no, 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 uh, God, you got you to gotta do this in a miraculous way. Just do what I told you to do. Why are you making it so complicated? So yeah, for those people that are out there in war right now, God bless them. You know, all they got to do is repent and believe and let's come to terms. But nah, they can't do that. They can't do that. They can't do the simple thing. Let's go get the guns. Let's go get the bombs. You know, stupid stuff. You say if it wasn't for religion, those people would have died. No, if it if it, if they would just do what God told them to do, maybe they wouldn't have died. Christ said, "I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life." So, I'm not surprised at what's happening in Egypt right now. I mean, in, in Israel is happening in Israel right now in Palestine. I'm not surprised by that because they don't know Jesus. And even if they did know Jesus, America ain't no better. We've been we we supposed to know Jesus. We we one of the worst spiritual nations on earth. 
So, at the end of the day, can't help what's going on over there right now. But I recognize these things must happen because it's a sign for us to just be watchful, be careful, be mindful that we're not falling into the trap of thinking that, you know, just because, you know, we're complacent, we get real complacent in our faith. Don't don't be surprised. It's coming. Tribulation's coming. Persecution is coming. I pray that me and my kids and my kids' kids don't have to experience that, but, you know, it's coming at some point. And are we going to be prayed up enough to withstand the onslaught? You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly grateful for the 2,100 likes that we've received thus far. Grateful for every like, every follow, and every comment that you have given thus far. If you miss any part of this recording, you can go to our Spotify and Apple Podcast and go um, and listen to the um, show in its entirety. You can listen to past episodes. You can replay your favorites. Um, all there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast at. Um, and so, again, we're thankful for all that you guys have done for us. And we'll be right back in just a moment. Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful again for all of you who have joined on the live today. Um, someone asked a question 
uh, a while ago, what makes your gospel more true than other gospels? Um, and from and from that, we're going to go to Galatians chapter 1. In Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse number 6, we find these words written by the, um, by the brother Paul. He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the, gra in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Excuse me. Um, let's see where it's at. Um, I think it's in First Corinthians. Yes, in First in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, we find these words here. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of who are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. They, he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though, I was, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed." In Romans chapter 3, we find these words here. No, not, uh, yes, yes. Now, um, um, chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he has passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that we might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Romans chapter 1 
verse 16, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Finally, Jesus himself in John chapter 14. Verse number 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So, the reason why I believe, and the reason why the gospel is the gospel, is because Jesus said so. In order for you to believe that, you got to be a believer. And the reason why I say that is because Christ himself said, there are going to be many people in this world who are going to claim to be Christ. Remember what the word Christ means. Chosen one. So when his people heard him say this, they weren't hearing him say a name. They were hearing him say a distinction. The Christ, the chosen one. Y'all, look out in our world today. How many people are declaring themselves to be the chosen one? The one that if we just follow everything that they say, it's going to lead us to life. That if we follow this self-help book, it's going to lead us to life. If we listen to this person's music, it's going to lead us to life. If we follow this celebrity around and follow all of their guidelines on how to live a better life, we will have the good life. How many false prophets and false preachers and teachers are peddling a watered down or a twisted version of the gospel and painting themselves out to be the arbiter of all truth? Pay attention to me. Listen to me. I'm the one you want to listen to. How many, you know, again, I got all these therapy books up here that talk about if you just do your marriage like this, or if you just think of yourself this way, or if you just, you know, have a better, you know, if you do these seven steps, then your life will be better than it's ever been before. There are a lot of chosen ones out there right now, more prevalent than in any other generation, but has been happening since the dawn of time. There have been people declaring themselves to be the chosen one. To be the one that everybody ought to follow. Gamaliel in um, the book of Acts said the same thing. There was a brother out there that claimed that he was the one. And everybody started following him. And after a while, his, his ministry stopped and they stopped following him. So if, 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 God is, if God is not in Jesus and these boys are preaching Jesus and, and Jesus ain't the one, it's going to fall away too. And you see that it hadn't fallen away. But there are a lot of people that are claiming to be the chosen one. A lot of books claim to be the key. A lot of our idols are the chosen ones that, lead, that we think will lead us to peace. How many of us play video games for hours on end because it brings us peace, brings us satisfaction? 
How many of us, you know, turn to sex as the chosen one that's going to cure all of my ailments and cure all of my ills and give me pleasure? Make me feel connection. Make me feel like I'm not lonely and I'm not desperate. Desperate for connection. Desperate for love. I want to feel that satisfaction. So sex is the chosen one. How many of us, you know, stuck needles in our arms because we thought the needle was the chosen one? We thought this was going to lead me to joy. This was going to lead me to peace. This is going what's going to lead me to satisfaction. How many of us turn to, you know, our church activity as if the, or the, or the earning, you know, of God's love was through our service to him? How many of us have chosen going on vacations as the way to cure all of my ills? I got to get to Cabo. I got to get to the Dominican. I got to get into the mountains. I got to get to Paris. I got to get to Egypt. I got to get to Dubai. I got to be on the yachts. How many of us have claimed that that is the way to peace? That's the chosen one. The idols that 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 run ramshod in our hearts. Run ramshod in our hearts. We claim those things to be the chosen ones. And as a result of that, our tendency is to claim something other than the gospel of Jesus Christ to be the gospel. Jesus said, lay them all down. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes before the Father except through me. I am the chosen one. And as a result of that, we the believers believe everything that Jesus says. If we pushed all of our chips in, tag, put, put, up, put them all on the table, I'm all in. If I flip these cards over and name Jesus, I'm done. It's over with. If I get to those gates and it's somebody other than Jesus, I'm done. I'm, I'm, not, believe, I'm not hedging my bets. There is no other gospel. There is no other good news. All these other idols and all these other gods and all these other things that we have held ultimate value and worth to, they've come up empty. They have fallen woefully short when it comes to curing the ailings of our souls. The other gods that people worship, they've fallen flat. When we see the prophets of Baal shucking and jiving, you know, gyrating and cutting on themselves in an attempt to get their gods to hear them, all Elijah does is say, Lord, show up. The Hebrew boys, Azariah, Mishael, and um, Hananiah, they told King Darius, I think it was Darius, we're not going to bow. He might not get us out of this. 
but we're not going to bow. There is no other God but God. If we believe everything that Jesus is, we believe everything that he says. And he says, there is no other gospel. And that's what we believe. It's really that simple. So, that's why we believe our gospel is better than no other gospel. Because Jesus said so. Jesus didn't say, didn't say serve me and worship me and me only. And that's what we believe because that's what he said. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're grateful for the opportunity to be able to worship um, with you guys on today and be able to spit truth and knowledge with you. Um, 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 Lucien, you asked the question, what does it mean to believe in vain? Um, believing in vain is about um, two different things. Um, one is to not hold god's word in ultimate as ultimate value there's something else we just kind of just kind of tap danced on this to believe in something else more highly than god himself to cheapen the glory and the majesty of god in his precepts so if i'm believing in jesus but then I'm also believing in yoga, the tenets of yoga, not the exercise, but the tenets of yoga. And the, trying to reach enlightenment through body, through body movements. I'm believing in Jesus in vain. If I say that I believe in Jesus, but I believe in my wife and my kids and my dog, like I hold ultimate value and worth to them, to where if I had to choose between them and God, I'm choosing them, I'm believing Jesus in vain. If I'm believing in Jesus, but then I'm wilding out in the streets, cheapening the grace of God, Having the audacity to be like, well, God forgives 70 times, 7 a day, so I can do whatever I want to do and God don't forgive me. Cheapening the grace of God. I'm believing in God in vain. Because I'm listening to the words and they make a whole lot of sense. But they're not getting in my heart. Something else is there. Something else is there that is dominating how I think, how I feel, and how I act. For a lot of us in the faith now, I tell y'all this all the time, our faith walk is so shallow because God is a nice add-on to our lives rather than being our lives. It's a nice addition, nice accessory, but he's not our lives. That's what it means 
to believe in vain. To hold something equal to or greater than God himself as the ultimate arbiter of truth, joy, peace, love, all that stuff. The the second is likened is likened is is likened to it, to where we mistake the truth about God for a lie. Remember, we talked about this, I believe, yesterday, where you know the house divided among itself cannot stand. You had a person believing that you know, um, you know, and I'll talk, and I'm gonna talk about this tomorrow because I don't have time to unpack it today. Um, they're talking about, you know, the fact that, you know, if, if Jesus was sent to the cross, that means God killed him and, and men and, and did it with, did it maliciously. And Jesus said the house divided among itself cannot stand. You get y'all out here thinking that I'm casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub. What sense does that make if Beelzebub is on Satan's side? Wouldn't Beelzebub want the demons to stay? Why would he then send somebody to cast them out? That doesn't make sense. The math ain't mathing on that. A house divided among itself can't stand. That's blasphemy. To say that something that is of God is not. And to say that something that is not is. That is believing that is believing vainly. Where we're so we're so blinded by whatever it is that we're believing in otherwise that when we see something that is of God, we're saying that it's not. Or when we see something that is not of God, we're claiming that it is. And how does Paul put it in Romans chapter one? Y'all hear me read this thing fifty eleven times, I'm gonna read it again. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, verse 28 out of Romans chapter 1, God gave them up to a reprobated mind to do what ought not to be done. And in verse 32, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So we would be wise to not cheapen the knowledge and the wisdom of God. We will be wise to not devalue or undervalue the supremacy of God. I love that word, supremacy. We will be wise to always hold God as the uppermost of our affections the uppermost of our attention, the uppermost of our allegiance. To undervalue God is to believe God in vain. To cheapen his worth and to cheapen his value by believing that something else is of greater importance than him. 
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 2,400 likes that we've received thus far. Thank you for every follow, every like, every share. Uh, every comment that you put down in the comment box below, we're certainly grateful for that as well. Um, if you missed any part of this recording, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and replay all um, of our episodes from inception to now. And we're just grateful and thankful that you guys are spending a little bit of time with your boy on this morning. We'll be right back after this. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Certainly thankful for everyone who's been watching on today and excited to be among you guys as always. Last question we're going to um, get into today. Um, it's not much a question, but more just a thought that I had the other day. Um, and so if you just, if you wouldn't mind just musing with me for a moment. Um, you know, I, I think a lot about... Um, What's happening in the world today? Um, you know, obviously we see the things that are going on in, in Israel right now. And we just talked about that earlier today. Um, we look out into the landscape of our lives and we see so many, you know, people that are that have given their lives over to um, frivolous pursuits. Um, thinking about um, uh, Solomon and when he says all of this stuff is vanity. Is meaningless. This is just utterly meaningless. All this stuff that we be doing. 
And it got me thinking. It got me thinking. You know, we can't really imagine what a world is like without sin. It's really difficult to imagine what the world would be like if there was no sin in it. You know, if there was no body out there trying to do things for their own pursuits, they didn't look just to their own pursuits, but they looked to the, you know, to help one another and to, you know, to, to honor one another. Um, if we actually did follow love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If everybody did that, you know how awesome this world might be. Like, I think about what's happening in our government system where the people in Washington, they basically just act like nothing in this world matters. At least that's the perception that we get from what they give us on TV. Because, you know, you we do, do you realize they don't tell us everything, right? Like, they're supposed to, but they don't tell us everything that be going on behind closed doors. We get the theater, you know, and that, that, but, they, but they, they're not going to tell us everything that's going on behind those closed doors. Um, you got to do some real good investigative work to figure out what's going on. But it just seems like arguing for arguing's sake at this point. Can you imagine if our politicians actually had the love of God reigning and ruling in their hearts? And did not care about their own agendas. Didn't care whether or not they got elected or, or again or not. And actually just did the right thing for all people. You know, can you imagine what a world would be like if, you know, presidential candidates weren't red versus blue. And it was just person versus person. And may the best man win. Like, they actually talked about issues and then just grandstand. To prove who can be meaner than the other. And actually said, you know, if you vote for me, I'm going to try to make this happen and make that happen. I can't promise anything because we can't promise nothing because I'm, I'm just one man. I'm not, our government is set up where I can't just do what I want to do. I'm going to try to do everything that I can for everybody. Can you imagine a world like that? Can you imagine a world where you can go to the gym, talking to my ladies, go to the gym and not worry about whether or not you're being ogled by somebody. Whether somebody's like trying to cat call you. You know, you can actually, you know, work out in peace. And no matter what you got on, no matter what you're wearing, and nobody trying to, you know, be at the gym lurking like some heinous monsters. Fellas, same for you guys. You actually go to the gym, just be at the gym. And just do what and just do what you need to do. More you're, you're concerned about the health of your body, and just want to go and work on your body, and don't want to be worried about this person, that person, or whatever. Ain't worried about being judged or being ridiculed or being ostracized. Not feeling jealous of the person who's you know in the mirror, you know, getting their Instagram on. Don't even have to worry about Instagram and trying to get the perfect shot so you can get the most likes and get your get your 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 subscriptions up and all that type of stuff. Like, can you imagine a world where people are actually in the gym to be at the gym? You know, imagine going to the mall and actually being at the mall and just being at the mall. That it's not about, you know, being judged or ridiculed or ostracized by 
you know, eating alone or, you know, going to the store and buying something or anything of that nature. And can you imagine a world where, you know, you, the, the, I ain't got to worry as a parent about bullies at school. I ain't got to worry about whether or not my kid is being bullied. I ain't got to worry about whether or not my kids going to make it back home because somebody decided to go ham, you know, and do some things they, they ain't got no business doing. I can actually not worry about whether or not my daughter's going to go, you know, whether, whether when my daughter's going on dates and stuff like that, you know, when that time comes because I ain't got to worry about nobody trying to take advantage of them. Like, I can actually just enjoy watching them grow up without fear. Remember the days when we used to, they probably, you probably don't. Remember the days where we could leave our doors wide open, ain't worry about nobody coming in trying to steal nothing. The whole community knew everybody's name. You know, everybody, 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 um, every grown woman was somebody's auntie. Every grown dude was somebody's uncle. Nobody out there trying to, met, well, we probably should have left those doors open in the sinful world we live in because somebody's auntie and uncle probably, you know. But can you imagine a world where you can leave your door open and you ain't got to worry about that type of stuff and you can say, hey, kids, go next door to your neighbor's house and have fun and all that type of stuff and ain't got to worry about nothing? Like, you know, our our world is so flipping sinful. And, you know, we try our best as Christians to be, you know, the best that we can be, but more and more, by and large, the world is getting wiser and weaker and more wicked by the by the moment. When Sexy Red can become the spokesperson for black America, that's a problem. That's a problem. When, you know, we're more concerned about what's happening in the Ukraine than we are what's happening in our own backyard in our own cities here in the United States that's that's a that's a that's a problem like when our interests are so misaligned that we can't agree on nothing no more where you can't get on a TikTok video and share honest discourse without somebody purposefully being a troll purposefully being a troll one guy we had to we had to block from the true gospel morning show because he said it in his out of his own mouth it's my job to point out ridiculousness and what you're saying is ridiculous and so it's my job to point out the ridiculousness i said well i appreciate you for letting me know like we can't even have honest discourse about you know our belief systems because there's so much hate and malice in every in, in in people's heart in a lot of people's hearts that to even have honest conversations about the nuances of faith even in our own faith so much division among denominations among our people you know black church versus white church like That's one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to a day coming 
when Jesus will purge this world of all evil. Purge this world of all darkness. Purge this world of all heartache. And in purging the world of all that stuff, put us in a place where we can truly live in harmony and in peace with one another. And I know it sounds like I'm, you know, spreading pixie dust and fairy, you know, dust everywhere. But the truth of the matter is, that's one of the reasons I'm living this life the way that I do and why I serve who I serve. Because I'm living this life to live again. To live in a world without sin. To live in a world with our darkness. And to live in a world where Christ, you know, because he already reigns. But to see him reigning down here on earth face to face. I look forward to that day. There's so much stuff going on in the world, so much going on in our own lives, that it's all a reminder. The pain that we go through, the suffering that we go through, the issues and the problems that we go through, you know, it all reminds us that there is a day coming. We pray for those who don't have a walk with the Lord in hopes that they will grow to love him, honor him, and, and, and treasure him as we do. And so, you know, it's one of the reasons why this platform exists, so that we can share the knowledge and the, of the goodness of Jesus in hopes that someone who doesn't have a walk with him will go to love him. Because we're looking, for, we're looking forward to that great day, that great day when it comes, that we'll be able to be ushered into the new heavens and the new earth and be able to live in a world where, it, where peace reigns, where love reigns, where joy reigns. And as a result of that, we can be ever so grateful and ever so thankful that God thinks it not robbery to give us to give us this opportunity to be able to love him, to be able to worship him and to be able to honor him in spirit and in truth. And so, again, just grateful, just so, so grateful that he gives us this opportunity to be able to worship, to delight and to honor and to treasure him because he is the greatest thing that has ever happened to us the greatest thing that we could ever ask for and we delight ourselves in him so that we are able to enjoy what we have in this life in the comfort of knowing that there is a great day coming where again we'll be able to reign with him forever in eternity listen thank you guys so so much from the bottom of my heart for all that you guys have done today i'm certainly grateful for all the things that you have done for us on this day I'm grateful that you guys thought of not Robert to give us this opportunity to be able to speak some truth to you on today. Thank you for the 2,400 likes. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for the uh, follows. Um, and thank you just so, so much for all that you have done today. Thank you for the gifts as well. Listen, um, I love y'all so, so much. Thank you for what for watching the True Gospel Morning Show. As I always say, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.